Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. Man, I got so much to talk about today. I am really excited. First of all, I am going to tell you about some guests that are coming up. I, I still owe you two programs on fasting, but I've got a bunch of like little anecdotes and, and stories that I'm also going to share with you, all again in the hope of getting you to just be stirred in, in a sense of encouragement that the Lord loves you and has a great vision and purpose for your life today. He really does, and, and he does for me too. So we'll explore that as well. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. Let's pray, and then we're going to dive into lots of good stuff. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for who you are and all that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for the gift of being alive, the gift of faith, the gift of hope and love. You give us a vision that goes beyond this world, and we thank you that for that, Lord. We thank you for that horizon, the new horizon and a definitive direction for our lives. Lord, bless us. I ask for prayers for my dad. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would prepare him as he gets ready to go home to you. Lord Jesus, just prepare my siblings as well to walk with him as he gets ready to enter into eternity. Lord, just prepare him for a happy and prepared death. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name, amen, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'll talk about my dad in just a little bit. I want to talk about him. He's, uh, he, he's actually like planning, he has this sense of the day he's going to die, and it's tomorrow, so we'll find out. But I'll, I'll talk about that in just a little bit. Before I do, I want to just let you know I've got a bunch of interviews coming up, and I'm very excited about that. First is Carrie, my wife. She's back. Finally, she was supposed to be back last Friday and I had the technological glitches. God bless us. And unfortunately, I still haven't conquered them all, but I have a way of getting programs done. So praise be to God for that. So even though I've got a simpler life, it's still filled to overflowing and not getting everything done. Yikes. I feel badly about that, but get focused, Tom. Got to get focused. Okay, so guess coming up. First of all, um, you will hear Dr. Ryan Anderson. He is with the Ethics and Public Policy Center out of Washington, D.C. He's the author of five books, or author or co-author of five books. And his latest couple of books are on the harm that abortion has done. And he wrote a book called When Harry Became Sally. Not when Harry met Sally, but when Harry became Sally, about the transgender movement. And so he, you see, he's talking about really issues at the forefront, the, 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 the moral like good of our country and what's at stake in that. And he's a Catholic. And so he writes from this Catholic uh, outlook, this Catholic approach to things. And he is coming to Spokane. 
How cool is that? He's coming to Spokane. He's going to be speaking at a fundraising event for Paths of Life, which is really, frankly, an amazing faith-based organization that is literally on the front lines of helping people who are faced with choices to end the lives of the child within their wombs to have abortions, help them come to healing after abortion, but also provides groups and uh, counseling for um, adults uh, who are struggling with not not just same-sex attraction, but struggling with transgender uh, and sexual identity issues. Who's doing that these days? And these folks, they don't have any fear. They're out front wanting to provide help to people before they make terribly damaging decisions with the downward force, the, 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 um, like the downhill momentum that comes from social media platforms and the medical establishment to, um, in, to in, involve in their lives life-changing medications, hormones, and treatments that introduce terrible destruction into their lives with the merest of, of um, hedges of defense against them going down those trails and not bringing out into the open the stories of, of people who, who regret deeply the decisions they've made and they try to raise warning flags, but these voices have been shut down, shut out, and, um, and, and attacked viciously because they're going against the mainstream narrative that continues to wreak havoc on people's lives. So Ryan Anderson, Dr. Ryan Anderson, he's going to be on just 15 minutes, just a segment tomorrow. And uh, so he's, he's going to steal some time, or maybe at worst he'll be on next Tuesday. So there'll be, I think that's actually when it'll air. So Carrie has, uh, I've got a lot to say with Carrie. So she's going to be on um, the whole program on Friday, and, and she's going to be back. So let's welcome her back. Sister Mary Eucharista is going to be in the house as well. So she's going to be on, I believe she's going to be on on Wednesday, maybe maybe the rest of Tuesday's show, or, or Wednesday, she'll be on. I'm also having on Brendan Case. Now, if you remember Brendan Case, he was the fellow who came on, and, and I was just so struck by how different he looked that he started telling the story about this water fast. And, and you've been following like my journey just a bit. I've been sharing with you guys. It didn't go as long as he did. He made 40 days and lost like 60 pounds. I went 21 days and lost 25 pounds. And, um, and then now, I boy, I got to tell you, the, the flesh is strong in this one. <laughs> That's me. Because the, the flesh is reasserting itself. And I'm battling against uh, falling backwards and striving to implement a form of a, um, uh, what do you call that kind of fasting? Um, uh, not limited fasting. It's, uh, oh, I can't believe that the word's fallen out of my, my brain. Um, but it's, it's that, you know, where you basically eat only in the course of four hours in a day, and then in the rest of the hours you don't eat. So you, you have one meal a day. You have one meal, meal a day, and you only eat during like a four-hour window. So, um, so that, that's a doable thing. That's a doable thing. And basically you still cut out, you limit significantly the intake of carbs and sugar so that even that one meal is going to be something that will be healthier for your system and allow you to start burning the stored fat in your body. I am not a medical professional, but those are the things that I've been learning about and have heard about through the years and attempting to implement in my own life. So 
Uh, Brendan Case is coming back on. He's going to talk about ascesis. Ooh, how about that? A penitential way of eating. It's actually a, it's quite a powerful insight. So he, he's like, Brother Tom, can I come back on? I got more to say. Because he's been, he moved from his uh, water fast of 40 days to a penitential form of eating. And that, just that phrase itself, I found so striking. And I want to hear him explore it together with us. He, and he's talking about ascesis or asceticism, spiritual training, that the, how we eat can be connected to spiritual training. And what that does is, is it takes intermittent fasting. Yeah, that was the word. Somebody prayed for me so that I, I would get the word back into my head. That intermittent fasting isn't just about the body. It's about the soul. It's about, again, growing in holiness and fulfilling your mission. So Brendan Case is coming on, and I'm excited to have him come on and share more about that. So he's also going to be on next week as well. And then Peter Herbeck. So Peter Herbeck is the longtime collaborator with uh, uh, Ralph Martin at, uh, at uh, Renewal Ministries uh, out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I've known Peter again for 30 years. And he was very involved in these camps for men and women happening back in in uh, in Michigan that had its first iteration over in Gig Harbor. And I heard that it, things went extremely well. So I'm looking forward to getting insight from Peter Herbeck about what he sees happening in the church today and how uh, the movement of God's Holy Spirit, the power of God at work, ministering to young people and to adults in the church today is having a... a like a significant difference, right? So Peter Herbeck is also a, uh, like a, again, a longtime collaborator with Dr. Mary Healy. Now, if you are in the Spokane area listening to this, she's going to be at the Eucharistic Expo, the exposition, uh, the time of adoration and procession that's happening. It begins at one o'clock at the cathedral and then there's going to be the procession down through the center of Spokane, across the bridge to the podium. And then at three o'clock, Mary Healy, Dr. Mary Healy is going to speak. And then there's going to be a time of adoration and a reflection by Bishop Daly. That is so cool. You heard me talk a lot about that a couple days ago on the program. I won't bring that back except to say, I'll be there. My family's going to be there. We are super excited to public witness to our faith in Jesus Christ as Eucharist. And then don't tell anybody, but during the post-event, we're going to sneak away after we spend some time um, with Dr. Healy in, in public. We're going to kind of go off and spend some time together and uh, share and listen to what she sees happening. And I'm going to bring a microphone and see if I can get a quick interview with her as well. So say a prayer for that because we'll go to a restaurant. And I'll just pull out like a simple, easy microphone set up and let's go. <laughs> I want to take advantage of the fact that this woman who's traveling around the world has insights to share about what God is doing. Like she literally is flying back from Poland. When I talked to her earlier this week, I said, come on, Mary, can we get an interview? She's like, Tom, I can't. Just like I'm flying back from Poland. I'm going to San Antonio. I'm flying up from San Antonio to get to Spokane. I'm going to hit Spokane. I'm going to do the thing. Then I'm back out like four in the morning, back on a plane heading east. And I'm like, oh, God bless you. God bless you. So, a gift. Make it to that expo coming up. 
Um, and she, again, is someone who has seen and witnessed to signs and wonders at work. Today, God is moving in great power. The Lord Jesus shows himself as the living Lord. And he wants to show himself as the living Lord in your life. Oh, but wait a minute. There's more. There's more. There's more. Jesus Christ, the living Lord, doesn't only want to show up in your life, but believe it or not, through your life, through your life, yes, your life can be useful to Jesus as a conduit, as a portal for his ministering in spiritual power to the lives of so many who are desperate. Do you realize, my brothers and sisters, how much the Christian spirit and atmosphere of our culture has dissolved and that there's an entire generation of young adults, think under 40, who have not been living out this spirit, this atmosphere of having a sense of God's presence, the reality of God and God's power in their lives. And you know what? They are desperate. They are despairing because the world promises what it can't deliver. The things of this world make promises that they can't keep. And so many young people that younger generation of teens and in their, in their 20s, early 20s, into their late 20s, when they buy the lie, when they buy the deception, when they are swindled out of faith in the name of a false fulfillment, then they are left empty and they are left with an ache in their heart because they believed that what the world was promising to give never happened. And they're left in a darkness. And, but they don't look at faith in, 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 those, in those moments. They don't just quickly say, hey, you know what? I think grandma and grandpa or mom and dad had it right. Or those people on TV that are talking about Jesus like he's alive and he's their best friend, they don't just naturally think, man, maybe I ought to try Jesus. Because so many of these people have had the remnants of faith around their lives. They grew up in homes that did religious stuff. And they did religious stuff. And they learned religious doctrines. And if it didn't become real, personal, and life-changing for them in those moments, guess what? They don't look in their later years when they're empty when they are in pain, when they are despairing that the world offers a meaning that is true and profound and deeper than what this world has to give, they don't look to religion quickly or, first of all, as a place of rescue, a place of recovery, a place of restoration, a place of fulfillment. So what does the Lord need? He needs witnesses. He needs witnesses. He needs living witnesses that say, Jesus is the living Lord. He is my God. He has come in. He broke open my life. He caused me to pour my life out before him. And in that place of emptiness, he filled me to overflowing with peace and joy, with life. Can you sense it? Hang around with me. Follow me around. See the people I hang around with. Pray with us. Be present as we pray. Watch what happens. And you will sense something radiant, touching, knocking in your heart, touching your soul, moving you 
to maybe open up and take the risk, open up and to trust, open up and go beyond the limited ways you're thinking. That's you. You have a part to play. Do you realize that? If you have a faith in the Lord, if you still have a faith that Jesus Christ is the living God who rose from the dead, he's triumphantly reigning in heaven, that he sees us and he knows us each by name, every hair on our head, that he revealed the Father who's pleased with us and he's pleased to give us the kingdom and that he and the Father have poured forth their Holy Spirit to live in our hearts and that Holy Spirit can start nudging us and moving through us to speak a word into their lives, to speak a word that, that they need to hear, to speak a word at the right moment in the right time in the right way that will begin to introduce a light into their lives that will help them come to hope. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So there's a theme that's emerging. There's a theme that is kind of flowing out there in this first part of my program, and that's what? All these speakers in their own way are saying, our culture has a problem. It's a culture of death. It's a culture that kills. It doesn't just kill. I can't just say just. It's a culture that kills innocent children in the wombs of their mothers. It's a children that kills. It's a chil- It's a culture that kills the nature of marriage. It's, an, it's a it's a culture that kills the nature of family. It's a culture that kills boyhood and girlhood, growing into feminine expressions of womanhood and ma- masculine expressions of manhood. It kills faith. And so the Lord is like, I got to move. I'm on the move. And the calamity that's happening when we're just comfortably sort of apathetic to it all because it's just easier to remain in our own little world. I was talking to Carrie about this last night. She says, Tom, you keep saying stuff that is like a, a clarion call, a big cry to the, to the people that listen to you, that you've got to be more courageous and determined and step up, stand out, push back and move. And, and, and she says, I hate to tell you, but... I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> so there's my world. I don't think it's going to work, Tom. And she said, and I said, well, why? And she said, this is only going to happen with a move from God. This will only happen when God moves with power, when he pours out his spirit with a forcefulness, with a like a an overwhelming sense of awakening to fire us up is just not going to happen. And, and she said, well, and, and she says, I'm speaking that from, from my own life is what she's saying to me that I hear what you say, but it's just easier to watch a movie and just be relaxed and, hang out. It's just easier. 
And I appreciate the fact that there's this darkness happening and all that, but it's until our own house is on fire, until your own house is is on fire, then the program that I talked about yesterday, right? You remember what I was talking about, those three moments in the life of a disciple in that moment of holy desperation, of praiseworthy desperation. We just avoid it. And so we, in, in avoiding it, we just remain like, I don't want to say impotent disciples, but not very useful. We're not as useful or fruitful as we could be. So Carrie could be right. She very well could be right that maybe if I spent as much time on my knees crying out to the Lord for an unleashing of his power and anointing upon our lives, that maybe that would be time better spent than like speaking um, a hard word against you know schools and church leaders or others who are cleverly twisting the faith and here I go again right and so it's like Tom maybe maybe if you just spent more time focusing on God and more on that anointing then God would move with more power. And so, well, you know what? Maybe the Lord's lining this all up with the people that are showing up on my program between Dr. Mary Healy and Peter Herbeck and, and Brendan Case. Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's something that the Lord's doing here and I'd be, I need to pay more attention. So, well, let's see. This is kind of exciting. I don't know. All right, Lord, let's go. Sign me up. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Are you guys in? Are you in? I, I'm in for this. Like, Lord. If you want to move with greater power with your Holy Spirit on this age, count me in. My, I got two hands raised. I not just have my hand raised. I got both hands raised. I'm waving my hands. I'm like, pick me, Lord. I am ready. But it doesn't have to be me. It can be any of your people, Lord. Uh, but I'm ready and I'm willing. And Lord, all those people that are right now saying, I'm ready and willing too, Lord. I don't know what it's going to mean. I don't know what form it'll take. I don't know what will happen when your power gets released in my life. Your power explodes in my life when there's an anointing that comes upon my life and starts moving through my life. I don't know what that's going to mean, but it'll be an adventure. It'll be an adventure. And oh, by the way, I am super excited in one month I'm going to be at the Encounter School of Ministry at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. Let's go. Friday night, a session on identity and transformation through God's healing power. Let's go. So I want to show up at a place where the Holy Spirit is... Uh, called upon with expectant faith, with an alert faith, with a vibrant faith, with a fervor and a praise and worship of God, crying out, come Holy One of God and move upon us, in us and through us for the glory of the Father, for the manifestation of the Son, for the release of the Spirit. Yes, I am in. I'm in. Let's go. So I will talk. I'll talk a bit more about that uh, event later, but um, that's that's next month. That's the thirteenth. That's Friday the thirteenth. There you go. Um, watch out. Um, but uh, that's the Encounter School of Ministry in Seattle. All right. So uh, so God's doing something. God is up to something, and and 
he intends to be up to something in your life. And so maybe that's something to pray about. Maybe that is something to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? Do you, if you want to do more, please nudge me to become aware of what are the right ways to access the more. Lord, help me to understand how to come into contact with the more that you want to do in my life. I'm going to tell you, it's going to, it's going to involve two things. I'm pretty convinced of it. And it'll be interesting to see how I think Brendan Case will probably build off of this, but then others as well. It'll involve fasting and it'll involve silence. I didn't say praise and worship, right? But I think that they'll go hand in hand. I think that in our private prayer, more silence, because that will be the portal to transcendence. You heard me talk about that already in a program last week, how silent, one of the great evils of modern technology and smartphones and screens is that it has been utterly successful in destroying silence as something that is understood, as something that is valued, as something that is appreciated in terms of its um, uh, purposefulness for growing in the spiritual life. The critical importance of silence has been forgotten. It's just been, it's been just run over like a steamroller, just run it over. And God bless us if we can find times in our day or our lives where we have any kind of silence at all. Just pop in those AirPods and you'll, you can fill your, your head with something. You know, you can literally make an eye, you make your own eye into a pod, <laughs> self-contained, and the voice is just echoing in your head. No one else is even hearing what is going on inside your head. And... Um, God forbid that there should be any moments in our day where there's silence. And then fasting. Boy, I, I, I'm, I am going to get to the insights on fasting in the last two segments of the program. I, let me just finish, though. with So I, I do think that those are two things. And, you know, maybe there's a third one. And the third one is going to be reflecting on the preciousness of time and the reality of eternity. Ooh, that's a big deal. Reflecting on, uh, if it was a, if this was an earlier age, I would say it would be what Saint Alphonsus de Liguori covers in his book Preparation for Death. But since that title is not going to be very popular, <laughs> Preparation for Death, I I'll give it a little bit more of a uh, maybe a, a contemporary approach and, and to say to realize what's at stake in your life because your life is short. Time is this precious resource. And when you've wasted time and you realize the preciousness of that resource, that it becomes, it becomes, I was going to say it becomes more urgent to be intentional. It becomes a weightier matter to really spend my time on the things that I feel like God is calling me to. I know that Carrie does a good job of challenging me 
and again, this was another conversation just from earlier tonight. It was like, boy, we're really intentional about some things in our lives that maybe we ought not to be spending so much time on. Like for me, it's once again, come around to basketball or volleyball, right? We've got a, we've only got three kids in the house and uh, two of them are playing volleyball right now. Uh, one for the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame. They have their first high school game tonight. And, uh, and so that'll be fun. It, they are not going to win, which is okay. They're playing a really, really good team and they are not a really good club. <laughs> They're not a really good team. So they are going to lose, but it, it's, it, it, I think it'll still be fun to be there. And then Luciana's only in seventh grade, but she'll, so she'll play junior high volleyball at the Oaks. And that'll be fun. She's been having a, a great time just um, with the uh, early practices they've had. So, um, but basketball season comes after that. And so I'm going to be coaching in Elisa's team at the Chesterton Academy, the girls' varsity team. And it's, I'm already kind of studying film on the other teams. How crazy is that? What a waste of my life on the one hand when it's just throwing a ball in, in a metal hoop 10 feet off the ground with a bunch of other girls chasing after the girls that are on your team. And I know that's not the best way to characterize it. I know there are, I know all the goods that come from, I shouldn't say all, I know so many goods that come from playing sports on a team, especially when you have a Christian spirit and faith at the center of how you go about doing what you do and uh, all the other goods that come connected to that. Yes, 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 yes. But really? Couldn't I be spending more time, like, how about writing a book? How about reading books? How about spending more time just doing the things that, boy, I, I, don't, I don't want to be shaking my head when I'm 80 saying, I wish I spent more time praying the rosary live on Facebook and YouTube. Why didn't I? What was I thinking? Why didn't I do this? This is insane. So, we don't, we don't want that, right? We don't want to live like that. So being intentional is, is a big deal. And facing death really helps with that. But not just death, but what happens after death? Eternity. And you don't want, you know, you can get some things wrong in life. You don't want to get that one wrong. You just don't want to get that one wrong. So this, uh, let's come around and just spend the last couple of minutes of this segment talking about my dad. So here's my dad. And he is, he's hung around longer than the doctors and nurses expected in this hospice at home. And he has definitely deteriorated. Uh, and so it's sort of this step function down, but then he kind of bops, he kind of has this little spike up and then he kind of step functions down. And so is diminishing quite a bit in this hospice at home situation. And so he has definitely diminished in terms of the amount of time that he's awake, in terms of the amount of medication he needs to be able to stay comfortable, in terms of his capabilities to have conversation, to move around, et cetera, et cetera. So... There was a shift that happened just a couple day, a couple days ago, and the shift that happened was that he said, "You know, I'm getting close to September eighth. I th- I would really like that to be the day that I die. I want to prepare myself to die on September eighth. Now, September eighth, for those of you that are Catholic, you know it's what it's the." Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Mother. It's the birthday of Mary. It's the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Mother, the birthday of Mary. And so that is 
very meaningful to my dad because of his devotion to the rosary and to my mom's devotion to the rosary that in some ways was a gift that she left behind to him when she died six years ago. So she was someone who grew up with a devotion to the Blessed Mother. They chose September 8th intentionally as a very fitting day for them to get married. And the idea of praying a rosary was a, a big deal to my mom. And then after she died, my dad, all of a sudden, just it sort of sprung up in, in him that he wanted to pray a rosary every day. And so he did. And so he, he leveraged the use of technology to be able to pray with uh, uh, the, the bishop that is, the, um, the, that is on Boston Catholic Television, catholictv.com. And so he would pray with that bishop the rosary every day. And, um, and that was his way of just sort of staying not only connected to um, my mom, but fostering his own sense of devotion to the Blessed Mother. So September 8th is not only the birthday of Mary, it's also my dad's um, wedding anniversary. And again, my mom died six years ago, but obviously this date still carries that meaning for him. And so he's like, you know, I want that to be the day that I die. And I think what's happened is that my siblings have finally given him permission. I don't think he felt like he had permission, that he had to stick around. His job wasn't done. There's still more to do. Who's going to take care of my kids? I've got to, I can't leave yet. I don't really feel permission to. But as his body is telling him a different message, it's dawned on him that he needs to get ready to go home to God. Back in a minute. Hey, welcome back to Sunset. This is Tom Curran. So just a couple more minutes on this idea of preparation for death, right? And not wasting time, recognizing that there's a gravity to the life that we live. And we don't know when, we don't know the day that we're destined to die. We don't know the circumstances of our own death. So St. Alphonsus's point is you always have to be ready, you always have to be ready. You, you want to have a prepared for and happy death. And it feels like my dad is, is really running that course that he is, um, you know, he is in that, that good place. So praise be to God for that. He's, the, the joke is how many times he's been anointed. <laughs> so uh, though I'm actually very tempted to have him be anointed one more time, um, especially with him now talking the way he is that I think it would be very fitting to have the priest come by even just one more time. And if he is cognizant to be able to even just do one more final confession and uh, receive viaticum, right? Receive the blessed sacrament one more time. So I will, um, I will do that. I will do that today to reach out to the, the pastor at the, at our, at his parish in back in Massachusetts. So, um, but here's the thing. Do you ever think about the reality of eternity, of living forever with God in heaven, and how that can impact how it is we want to live here on earth? If we can break open our narrow view of life, what, what Pope Benedict called the horizon, this horizon, that when we have a new horizon, that comes into our lives when 
the Lord Jesus Christ when we have an encounter with him. It's this famous quote from Deus Caritas Est, God is love, that being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or an intellectual idea, a profound idea, but rather the encounter with an event, a person, Jesus Christ, that gives our lives a new horizon in a definitive direction. And that, there it is. That, that says so much. It's not sufficient just to, to know the profound ideas that make up our faith or to live ethically and make those choices that are part of the moral code of being Catholic. That's not sufficient. He talks about the heavy burden that is placed on the lives of a Catholic who simply attempts to embrace all of the teachings and live all of the, the, the moral life and follow the religious obligations. He calls them a heavy weight, a burden unless there is the encounter at the heart, when it, where there's that breaking in, that breaking open, that event quality that changes everything. And one of the ways that he identifies the fruits of this change of meeting Jesus Christ, when you have the encounter with Jesus, the living Lord, all of a sudden, your life has a new horizon. What is a new horizon? What is he saying? He says, well, without the encounter with Jesus Christ, the horizon for your life is ends in death. That's it. If you don't have Jesus Christ and his resurrection somehow connected to your life, then all of a sudden, the horizon, the outer edge of your life ends in death. And then death becomes the biggest threat. And death becomes simply a matter of despair. Death becomes simply something negative. So let's, let's avoid it. Let's not talk about it. Let's not think about it. Let's, let's absolutely try to veil that reality from us. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Because death is the end. Without Christ and his resurrection, and his resurrection as it pertains to our lives, and therefore to our getting beyond death by going through death with him and coming out the other side to live forever, that changes everything. Do you see how, just ponder this with me, that when we have this sense of living connection with the living Lord Jesus, when we have that event, that breaking in, that breaking open of our lives, our consciousness changes because now we have an awareness, not just that God exists, but of the personal presence of the living Lord Jesus Christ. He sees me, he knows me, he's with me day to day. His spirit is active, prompting me. He is knocking on the door of my today. If I'm aware of him, the Father is lovingly providing and guiding my life. Jesus is with me and now wants to move through me, this becomes life, and all of a sudden, this concept of living life like this goes beyond death. It's like, I can't wait to be beyond death to see the Lord face to face. I can't wait to encounter the reality of heaven, to be with the Lord and the communion of saints, to experience the the reality of what he's planned for me in my true home beyond this world with its brokenness with its darkness, with its lack of full redemption. You can see, pay attention, how everything changes in our lives when we've had the encounter with Christ, including what we're willing to do with our lives. Because if we realize, if we have the consciousness, the awareness that what really matters in life is what happens beyond death with our life with God forever, that that's really what matters, then guess what? 
the things that we value so much in this world diminish. I just don't care as much about money, power, position, stuff, experiences, vacations, travel, things. What do I care more about? Holiness and fulfilling my mission. I care more about the holiness of my kids and helping them discover and live their mission. I care more about glorifying the Lord. I care more about coming into daily living contact with Jesus Christ. I care more about the opportunities that he's given to me to know him and love him and serve him as a Catholic. That means mass. That means the Eucharist. That means the capacity to hear the scriptures at mass, to pray with the scriptures outside of mass, spending time with the Lord in the tabernacle or at a place where he can be adored in a, in a monstrance at an adoration chapel, but then going to Mass, because he didn't say take and see, but take and eat. This is my body given for you. And then we can be more fully transformed into him. The, the, the union that is ours with him will grow and become more profound. And if, if, even if we aren't aware of it, his presence will radiate more fully through our lives. Don't you want that? Like among all the things that you could want for your life, don't you want that? Then what will help us want that more is when that event happens. So if again, when you hear me say this concept of event, this idea of breaking in and breaking open, if this is still strange to you, if you're like, Tom, I think I know what you're saying, but I'm not sure, then you don't know. Tom, you know, I, I think maybe one time I did have that sense of Jesus like being alive, but... But is that what you're talking about? If that's what you're saying to yourself, you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know. Because when Jesus Christ becomes the living Lord, it's like like everything changes. Really, really, everything changes in your life. By the mercy of God, the absolute mercy of God beyond what I deserved, beyond what I had been prepared for, beyond what I had figured out on my own. That gift was given to me when I was 18. It happened in the Blessed Sacrament. It happened with an encounter with Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, in a tabernacle, in St. Malachi Catholic Church, on a late evening in, a, in the summer when I came to the church and I was challenged about my faith and Father Joe Riley brought me out and said, Jesus is there. He's there in the tabernacle. If you ask him, he'll show himself to you. If you, if you want to get to know him, ask and he will show himself to you. He'll make himself real to you. And that wasn't exactly how Father Joe put it, but that was what happened. Because I didn't know, I didn't have the formulas. At that point, I, I, I was trying to live a good life because I, I grew up in a God-fearing home and a parent-fearing home. <laughs> and my parents, they were really, really, really good. What they, um, what they had said was, uh, you know, God sees. And if you disobey God, you face the hellfires because God's going to judge you. And he's going to reward you if you're holy. And he's going to punish you if you disobey. And so I had the fear of God in my life. I did not have the encounter with Jesus. That I didn't have. But that night, 
when my faith was challenged, and thanks be to God, we had a connection with our priest, with Father Joe, and I went and I knocked on the door, and he put me, brought me out to the chapel after explaining the scriptures. He said, ask for Jesus to encounter you. And what, what happened as a result? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Hey, welcome back to the program. So, um, so I'm talking all about all this idea, this, what Pope Benedict talks about, this event quality of our faith, the event quality of our faith, meeting Jesus Christ. And, and I'm saying to you, if, if you're not sure if you got what he's, what he's saying, you, you don't, you don't, you don't get it. I, and I know I'm speaking strongly there, but this is, this is actually true because when, when you've had that living encounter with the living Lord, I mean, really everything changes. And, and that's what happened to me that night from the Blessed Sacrament. Again, I didn't know the magic formula. I just said, please, Jesus, if you're there, please show yourself to me and reveal yourself to me. And nothing, like there was no bright light. There was nothing supernatural that was visible to me. But the light of faith got set on fire inside of me. And I knew I knew that in that tabernacle was Jesus. I, I've been an altar boy for years. You know, my again, my family, very like devout, traditional, conservative, fire of God, fires of hell, Catholic faith, but never had that encounter. And when that encounter happened, what happened to me? My, just ask my best friends. My best friends were like, this is a phase. This is a fad. Like you have gone way off the deep end with the Jesus stuff. It's like, it's that's all I could talk about. And within a year, I was in the seminary. It was like, who wants to be an electrical engineer? Who wants to be an electrical engineer when I can talk about Jesus, when I can seek the Lord Jesus, when I can help people understand that Jesus is real, when I can help Catholics come alive in faith? Let's go. And back in 1983, when I am... Uh, 1983, yeah, three, summer of 83, fall of 83, when I am going back into the, my second year of college studying electrical engineering, I just had no taste for it. I mean, I'd be drawing pictures of Jesus and I would be, you know, I, I passed my classes, but I mean, I was just like, I, why, why do I want to waste my life on this? That, that was just that, that's how impactful it was, right? And then that led me into the seminary, five years in the seminary, come out of the seminary, and, you know, off I've gone since then. So if I just had to trace back, like, the entirety of my life as an adult, it goes back to that encounter. I mean, isn't that, like, something? That's really something. That one encounter with Jesus can be so great that it literally gave my life a new horizon and a definitive direction. That's what... That's what Pope Benedict is saying. You have an encounter with Jesus. That means you come into the, the, the hold, the sway of the influence that this encounter is so great that it influences the entire direction of your life and it gives a whole new horizon. And that's what happened. That's what happened to me. Carrie, she has the same story. Now, I should say the same story. She has the story of an encounter with Christ that was so profound that it changed her whole life. It happened at a prayer meeting in her home as her brothers and sisters that are older than her 
started to have this awakening of faith, started to praise and worship, Catholic charismatic renewal, gifts of the Spirit, movement of God coming alive, and she had this encounter, and it changed the entire direction of her life. And she was talking about that tonight, too. We had a lot of things we were talking about today. And, and she was just saying, she said, yeah, it was way back then that she said, I remember I would go to school and, and at lunch I would read my Bible. I wouldn't even be like thinking about eating. I would just, and she said at Kennedy Catholic, she would go sit in the confessional and pray. <laughs> and she'd pray for the school and she'd pray for kids and she would just be by herself seeking the Lord. And, and she, just, she just, I just love Jesus. And, and that was the, what, the new horizon and decisive direction. And, and what is that? What is that directed about our lives? Well, our lives have been okay. We're raising these kids, and what do we want for our kids? Well, we want them to be flourishing in their Catholic faith. So that means that they need to know the doctrines, live the moral teaching, and practice the rituals. But what do we want more than all of that? Underneath all of that, accompanying all of that, we want the encounter with Jesus. We want the event of the encounter with Jesus. And so that's what we pray for. It's what we attempt to foster. It's what we attempt to set up. It's what we know is often going to be happening apart from us, apart from the stuff that mom and dad do with them. But we're trying to sow the seeds, create the soil, build the foundation, so that when they go to Steubenville Northwest, or now go to the Franciscan University of Steubenville, or they go to retreats, they go to conferences, they go to youth groups, we're looking for, listening for, for asking about, is there a vital, a vibrant, profound faith and expectant faith that Jesus is alive, the living Lord, and they are seeking him out, welcoming him, and encouraging these young people to open their lives, their hearts, to say yes to Jesus. Please come in, make yourself known to me, take over my life. That's what that's what we want. So, in summary, if you're hearing all of this and you're saying, man, I'm not sure that that's been my story, then start asking. Start knocking. Start seeking. You know, Take the risk of an adventure and your life of faith that you can't even get it till... It gets you. You you won't get it till he gets you. And and honestly, that's like when like I wrote a book on the mass, right? My book on the mass wasn't about the Jewish roots of the Eucharist. My book on the mass wasn't about the biblical roots of the mass. My book on the mass was not about the historical development of the mass. No. I wrote a book about the Mass that was called Four Encounters with Jesus that will change your life. That's, that's what I wrote about. That the Mass is a place of four distinct presences, four distinct personal showing ups, showings up, <laughs> showing ups, four distinct ways that Jesus shows up at Mass. 
And when he shows up at Mass, he shows up in a way that's turned towards you, in a way that he's looking at you, he sees you, knows you, and he's knocking on the door to say, let me in, let me in, I'm going to get you involved, I'm going to draw you in to my act. I'm the principal actor at Mass, and I'm going to draw you in in an encounter that invites you to relate to me in the assembly, the community that's gathered, in the word that's proclaimed, in the priest who presides, and most profoundly in the Eucharist that is consumed. It's all about the encounter, though, right? So that, that, that was what was important to me. And it, I, honestly, that's been the thing that like so many people have said they found striking about the book was that I, I just never saw the Mass with, I see the Mass with new eyes now. I see the mass with new eyes because now I realize that there, there are a set of eyes looking at me. It's Jesus Christ looking at me. He's here and he's drawing me in in a way that's it's about an encounter. Again, so if that's something that is not like known to you, go to MyCatholicFaith.org. Please go to MyCatholicFaith.org. You can get downloadable free resources. You can get the book on the mass for free. The big old cost of free. That's right. You can download the book, The Mass, Four Encounters with Jesus That Will Change Your Life. And you can get the talks. You can get like four talks, one talk, a bunch of, you can get videos all on the Mass so that you can benefit from the gift of the Mass. And then same thing with, with regards to confession. I wrote about confession as this encounter with Christ the priest through the priest that's there. And it's these five sentences that'll heal your life. And these sentences are all connected to, to God and to Jesus Christ, whom you encounter, 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 encounter. There's the word again. So please, 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 the Lord is, the, the, the Lord wants for us this encounter, this meeting. It's an event. It's a breaking in. It's a breaking open. It's not, it's not normal. It's not ordinary. It's not typical. But ask for it. Seek for it. Ask for it. Knock for it. Keep asking. Keep keep. Dear Lord Jesus, whatever it is that Tom is saying, and I don't get it, I, maybe I do get it, but maybe I haven't gotten it enough, please, whatever it is, Jesus, do it. Do it to me now. Do it to me tonight. Do it to me tomorrow. Do it to me. Please, Lord, whatever I need to do to get ready for it, to dispose myself, or if it's just a pure gift and grace and mercy, please, whatever it is, I want it for myself. I want it for my spouse. I want it for my kids. I want it for my siblings. I want it for my parents. I want it for those that are near to death but far from you. Lord, I just want that. Please, I want that encounter at a whole new level, a whole new depth, a whole new awareness. Lord, I want a new horizon. I want a decisive direction for my life. I want to be shaken loose from looking at my life as simply about things that are that are that are that are limited by the horizon of this world. Status and power and stuff and retirement accounts and 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 wealth transfer to the kids, the inheritance I'm passing on and the legacy that that is going to be connected to this. No, I I want you and I want heaven and I want glory for you on this earth and I want to be looking forward to life in heaven. Lord, make Make me have an encounter that's so great that that becomes the dominant desire of my life. That's what I want, Jesus. Please do it for me now. Do it deeper in my life than I've ever known before. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. There you go. That's today's program.